Hi, we are doing a quick segment about Dark Mouse, The Climb and Other Tales, a project currently on Kickstarter that is going to end on May 5th. It is a wonderful story created by Nathaniel Osoyo, and he's poured a lot of love into this book. It is Dark Mouse, The Climb and Other Tales on Kickstarter. It's also under projects we love on Kickstarter, so usually on the front of the Kickstarter page. Congratulations to Nathaniel. Hello, all you sexy listeners. We have a huge announcement. For the first time ever, all the hosts of Yes, a Stripper podcast will be doing a live show on May 15th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our hosts will be doing performances, there will be guest interviews, and you'll get to ask questions live on the air with our hosts. Tickets are donation-based, and you can find them on yesastripperpodcast.com. Please join us for the first ever All Hopra's Extravaganza. For the most part, I would get kicked out of class five minutes in because I would show up like five to ten minutes late and I would come in loudly and I'd like <laughs> slam my book bag down and I'd be like, Ugh, and they'd be like, just like hurry. And I'd be like, sorry, okay. And they'd be like, open your oh books God. to page whatever. And I'd be like, cool, cool. Hey, did you bring your book? Can I sit with you? Or like, hey, psst, do you have a pen? Do you have a pen I could borrow? Anybody got a pen? <laughs> and then I'd be like, thanks. And then I'd be like, okay. Anybody got paper? <laughs> and so by that point, it just, the teacher would be like, uh, there was a certain point where if I walked in late, the teacher would just be like, just go to the office. I don't want to deal with it. So like, Everyone. Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Urban. And oh man, it's so good to be back. We took a couple weeks off and today we're coming back with a special guest writer, actress, comedian, great singer, Stephanie Streisand. But before we talk to Stephanie, Kate, it's about to happen. It's just like a couple weeks away, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So W day. For those of you who have been following along and have noticed that we've been absent for a few weeks, there's a lot going on. Nikki is working her tuckus off. I'm trying, man. <sighs> She's gotta be able to pay for all these script competitions. Oh my god, dude. They're so expensive. They're so Every expensive. single one of them. And then they're like, Oh, you want feedback? That's hundred four dollars. Yes. We Eat did my nuts. I know. What are you talking about? It's, You're already giving it feedback. Right? Just send me your notes that like, you wrote. It's like $30 to host your script, your feature script on the blacklist a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just like $30 to host it there. And then if you want feedback and to get a score, yeah, uh, it's like $100. And oh no, what if you get like readers who don't understand it? Then you just like you're out like a bajillion dollars. <laughs> you have like a shitty yeah. score that nobody's gonna pay attention to. What do you do? Or honestly, sometimes you're just gonna get a reader who just like doesn't like what you did. Yeah. And they like can't articulate why. Right. They just like I had a reader on a pilot that I wrote that actually got to a, uh, the semifinals of another script writing competition. I had it up on blacklist. And one of my readers gave me a decent score and like usable notes. And one of my readers, which I paid no, I paid for these notes, was like, 
I don't, I don't like these characters. I don't oh, like man. what they're doing. I don't, I don't like this world. Like, <sighs> you know what I mean? It was very like subjective. Like, I don't like this. Oh man. And I was like, well, I can't fucking do anything with that. <laughs> like what the fuck? I paid you for this. What the hell is this? Yeah. Damn. You know, just a word of warning. Like these are good resources. They are, but like, yes, they are. Cause they, you can, you know, get some good, you can, you can get good feedback. You can, yeah. you, you can just sometimes that's why i'm super stoked so saying it here and i've said it to a few of my friends i'm gonna start doing stand-up even though for so long it was like terrifying and i was like oh i don't want to i don't wanna. it's scary <laughs> but i don't know fuck it you only live once also i found out that my my dead comedy wife jessica <laughs> sorry why do i laugh when i do that because it's uncomfortable um apparently she really wanted me to start doing stand-up yeah. so i was like well i fucking have to now yeah all right. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. She would have wanted this for me. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So I was, th- okay. I was thinking about this, about how like, okay, she was like my comedy wife and it's like, I've been having a hard time like getting back into like being funny and thinking funnily because I've been like, you know, mourning and stuff. And I realized it's kind of like dating, like it's comedy yeah. dating. And you're like, you kind of like, it's hard to want to get back out there in the field and start like seeing other people and making comedy together, you know? Yeah. Um, but, sure, I am, yeah. but I am excited that uh, I get to with you. Cause oh, yeah. You just uh, finished converting. Oh, I did. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, tell, yesterday. tell us, tell the uh, the listeners about this. Uh, so I have converted to Judaism, which I'm very excited about. Mazel tov. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Um, oh, and I think Stephanie is here. Yes, she is. Come on in. Okay. Uh, we, excuse the interruption. Um, we are so excited. Uh, we we just had our, our guest come in. Uh, Fern <laughs> is coming sh- up. You got a costume. I, I don't have a costume. Oh. Uh, that's is- one where I'm like, yeah, I'll do that one. I'm gonna wait until I have kids probably to start celebrating. My friend calls it the cosplay holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Do you have mm. a costume? Do you dress up? No, this is actually the first year that I know it's Purim before the day after. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where I was smart enough to go, when is Purim? Oh, my God. It's like coming back. It's not, it's not yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it, we used to live in the Pico Robinson neighborhood, so I always knew the day of Purim because uh, you would always see, like, the kids walking around in costumes. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. It's today. This sounds amazing. The only thing I know from Purim is uh, 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 the movie. Um, Home for Purim. Yes. Uh, well, no. What's the oh, oh for, your consideration. for your yeah, consideration? For your consideration. Hope yes. for firm is the movie. Yes. Right. Movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, like my only reference point to it, but now I'm like, I want to know everything. Well, they get it adorable. Yeah, yeah, they get it totally wrong. The firm's not like a let's sit at home holiday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's and Lauren was telling me that that's part of the joke to yeah. him. He was like that this is a non. Yeah, this is like a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of goyim. We're like, oh, Purim is like <laughs> this is important. <laughs> this to is Jewish important. People. They must just sit around a table. Yeah, like, just like Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, it's really like Easter dinner, but it's like it's like Halloween. It's a lot more like Halloween. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, but a carnival. Yeah. But also a carnival. Yeah. With games. Oh, fun. And, yeah. Oh, man. And candy and treats. And, oh. Yeah. This is the only fun one. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was about to say, I want to convert. And then I was like, no, no. Oh, wait. There's, there's other ones where you have to eat dry crackers and... 
don't. I right? mean, all, uh, almost yeah. all the holidays are they tried to kill us somehow. <laughs> we survived, so let's mm-hmm. eat. So let's eat and yeah. celebrate so that every yeah. holiday. <laughs> That's actually I'm into that too. <laughs> Super fun. Yeah, like we we eat. Uh, uh, I they asked me actually what my the holiday that resonated with me the most was and I said Sukkot because I'm excited to build a sukkah and oh. like do like a harvest meal and yeah. have my friends over in my yard just like hang out outside. That's one of the maybe three holiday or there's like mm. a five maybe that are like just like fun. Not fun about sake. us being murdered. Yeah. <laughs> there's like the tree, the holiday of the, the tree spot. One. Yeah, our Arbor Day, our <laughs> Harvest Day. Um, uh, New Year, and yes, yeah. uh, apologize for what you did this past year, or God will kill you yeah. in the next year. Mm-hmm. Wait, <laughs> wait, which one is that one? It's Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Oh, yeah, the Day of Atonement. Right. But I really like the Day of Atonement because the way that they walked us through it was like, it's like, yeah, you got to come to temple and you got to pray and you got to ask God for forgiveness, but also if you have something weigh on weighing on your soul that you did to somebody else, you also have to like go ask them for forgiveness. It's sort of like the the twelfth step of or what's the step in aa oh we have to do it every year yeah like go apologize to people and i'm like that makes so much sense to me because i was raised catholic and that it's such a scapegoat. They're like, no, just go tell the priest and it's fine. Yeah, talk to God about yeah, it. Yeah, go talk to God. It's so cheap, man. It's also like the the whole pre, like tell the priest thing, especially medieval times when you, it's a lot right. of like blackmailing. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, Using yeah. shit against people. Totally. Like, yeah. Mm, and then that's why Martin Luther started that. The Reformation. Set. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cause you also had to pay a lot of money to uh-huh. the priest to get forgiven and get into heaven. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh no. God like put a price on it recently. Oh yeah. yeah. The, the price just went up. But good news <laughs> for this week only. <laughs> There's a slam and deal. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> no one could read. Is that is that like the craziest thing that that's why they could get away with it because nobody could read? Oh, look, that's still happening though. Yeah. Like for real, Ugh. the amount of like, or we're all just distracted. Yeah, by TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse things to be distracted by. Facts, uh, like Twitter. No. <laughs> and toxic relationships. Yeah. Yes. Okay, um, let's get into the gas. Oh, yeah, okay, facts. no. Okay. Tell us about it, Stephanie. Oh, wait, hold on. We didn't even introduce her technically. Oh my god, that's true. <laughs> oh my god, it's y'all, it's Stephanie Streisand. She is here. Um, okay, Stephanie, you are an actress. You are a writer and you do stand-up comedy. Things you have written on include you've written for Funny or Die, uh, you've written on The Mighty Ones, uh Dragons. The Nine Realms, The Detour, uh, The Crude's Family Tree you created uh, and wrote on Maddie Paz as a Noob, which is currently on Amazon Prime. Did I say you do stand-up? You did a sketch pilot a couple years ago. Oh, you were on a sketch team that uh, we saw. Royale. Yeah. Um, you, do I have a Wikipedia page? How you are <laughs> you are active in animation. I'm listening it all now. We're so, building it, yes. so we're just double-checking the credits before yes. we go live. Oh, got it. Um, and um, one of my favorite things about you, you uh, created an opportunity for people to sing musicals over the pandemic. That's my favorite um, thing. <laughs> <laughs> It was so much Out fun. Of everything was my favorite thing I've ever done. <laughs> 
Okay, over the pandemic, we had this like pack theater play readers group and Stephanie was like, hey, do you, would people want to like sing like musicals, not ironically, like over like live stream on this Facebook group? So it wasn't like for anybody but, but theater nerds <laughs> in specifically who go to the pack theater. So it was a very small, it was really just us. We were super stoked and it would be like, each person like somebody would perform and then the next person would go on live or it it was real cute we sang a lot of musicals it was really fun yeah (laughs) and i learned some musicals from it which was it made me go down so many rabbit holes yes like ooh, what's that song from i gotta listen to this whole thing now yes or if somebody there was one time where i was like i'm opening the theme up what uh what composer do you want to do kind of thing and then it was a composer i don't think i ever knew their music i forget oh. what it was I, I don't remember oh no no it was uh the theme was musicals before a certain date oh and i was like oh man and then i just went down the biggest rabbit hole got no work done except <laughs> i was like but if you quiz me on f- fucking musical theater in the 40s <laughs> Uh, amazing. I love that. Uh, it was great. It was so good. You were so good. Well, thank you. So are you. So, so cute. Man. It, was, it was super fun. Ugh. Ugh. I want to do a musical now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Do you incorporate musical elements into your comedy writing? Uh, or like, is that something you want to do more of? One of the first things I got noticed for was writing a, a musical comedy that um, I put up at UCB in New York and then it went off Broadway for a while. Oh, wow. Shut the front door. And I I brought it to LA for like a weekend. I rented out the the Comedy Central stages. Uh And I was like, oh, it's a Comedy Central stage. (laughs) And some reps came out and they were like, this is good. Like, you want to meet with it? And I'm like, sure. And then they'd be like, okay, cool. When can we meet with you? And I'm like, I'm going back to New York, so... bye oh man and that's what made me go oh i gotta move here yeah wow Wow, yeah i forgot that you were in you at a ucb in new york first yeah Yeah. how was that transition for you coming out here um freeing (laughs) there's a there was a definite ceiling in new york at Mm -hmm. ucb okay that i experienced at least sure and moving out here it was like uh hard work pays off like yeah yeah it's it's harder to see how the business works when you're in new york mm-hmm. in la uh taking like i took one class in ucb to meet people when i moved to la and all re- it was a huge difference already because in la a person could take you know level one and get on a pilot like the next day or like get yes. cast in something mm-hmm. the next yeah. day it wasn't in New York, they made it seem like if you wanted to succeed in this business, you had to go through it all. Mm-hmm. Um, a little, and not like, a little hey, pyramids. <laughs> um, the what? Uh, pyramids. MLM. Scam. Scam. Uh, you're not the first or the last person to say that. <laughs> hey man, I didn't you... say anything. <laughs> <laughs> when the only way to keep your business model going is to convince people that they have to keep spending money on your business model, that's like mm-hmm. not that's a scam. And uh, you know, they, the founders of that theater and other comedy theaters who run on the same model, 
they tell you like you work on your stuff until you're ready to go and then yeah. you work on your own stuff and get where you need to be but the way that those systems tend to work is that they kind of make you feel like you're never ready yes mm-hmm. yeah oh if you just take one more class mm-hmm. oh you need one more class oh you have or like oh you gotta just like yet? show run a couple more shows but uh, the cool thing about being in LA is it's like at, like there's just job opportunities well you just yeah, see everywhere. a much bigger picture too. Yeah. yeah you know you can see how other people are succeeding you know other people succeeding and you know that they're not doing it uh not, like some you know a handful do do it through it mm-hmm. through yeah. a comedy theater but most people don't most people right. I've worked with have never stepped foot at a comedy theater right yeah so it's like how did they succeed how did they get ahead how did they get to where they are and there's just so many ways. Yeah. There's so many ways that, um, at least in uh, out here, you really see that if some way is not working for you after six months or a year or whatever, you can take a step back and be like, that way is not going to work for me. But I can see an example or just examples of like 80 other different ways to get to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Totally. It just makes you feel more confident when you aren't getting to where you want to be through one path yeah yeah that makes a shit ton of sense <laughs> yeah because it's fucking true yeah man yeah it gives you that like little more seated delusion to like really go for yeah, it yeah right where you're like oh hold on like i do think I that's do like this. the perfect chemistry to like getting yeah. to where you want to be is having just like a little bit of delusion. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I do think like, and I've thought about this a lot and I've like decided to turn that part of my brain on. Cause like, there's been a big part of me that's like been reluctant to that. Yeah. To like accepting that and just like being like, you have to have some level of blind faith in yourself. You just need to believe. Otherwise, like, why are you doing it? Yeah. Like, of course you believe in yourself, but I I guess. Cause it's fun. But it's fun. Cause it's fun. Yeah. But also like it. And cause you do enjoy it and you believe that you're good at it. Right. But there's a part of you that's like, oh, maybe I do suck and need to like, at some point it's like, well, why did I do it if I thought I was bad at it? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I think for me, I'm like, oh, or I think the part of me is like, well, you know, it's so hard to make it in this business if you're not like already connected. Like I allow myself to get into that headspace. Okay. You know? And I'm like, no, you need to like, you just need to like accept that like you can like work, hard work will pay off and you need to like be putting yourself out there. Yes. Hard work pays off. As much as possible. That's the trick I feel like. It's like trick. It's like reminding yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just realized something about myself. This is kind of like a different thing, but uh, sometimes I feel like uh, if, you know, if I try and I believe in myself and I think like, if, if I think like, yeah, I could be this, I could be successful and like, you know, make good money doing what I love. You have to, like, I'm good enough for that. Yeah. I kind of feel like a poser where it's like, oh, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You have to do it because you love it and you're just really passionate about it. And then if you succeed, it's because you like, you're just so naturally like good at this yeah. that like you okay. deserve, but it's like, but think it's of a it, business. It, but so, p- p- there are accountants who love doing that math who love like that's why they got into it right and so i i can't imagine them being like oh i just do it for fun if i want to do it to get paid i'm like a poser there i mean there is some creative accounting going there's creativity in accounting unfortunately and then, 
depending on which unfortunately for some of us but like um at, at the end of the day like entertainment is a business also yeah. it is yeah. it is a, a a supply like we supply something that there is a demand for hell yeah there is so yeah. especially in these times we definitely all learn that there is a huge demand for entertainment for distraction for mm-hmm. something to like help us laugh to get through something yeah. or cr- help us cry to get through something so um i mean it get paid for it yeah get paid, <laughs> yeah. yeah let's go fucking free oh my god that's a sound bite if i ever heard one right there <laughs> yeah, at some point you just gotta be like okay cool fuck you pay me <laughs> <laughs> Okay, where did you grow up, and when did you know you were funny? I grew up on Long Island, uh, Mm -hmm. New York, and I first learned I well, I didn't know I was funny. I just thought I was an asshole for good like (laughs) set of years. Um, uh, I don't think I realized I was funny until I was in a community theater show of Greece where I was cast as the principal and I just milked the prom scene <laughs> where I said the rules like the dance competition. I thought this was going to go in a different direction. I was for sure it was like you were going to be Frenchy or Rizzo oh, no. like one of those <laughs> you like bust out with the principal I'm like fuck yes <laughs> I was the principal oh, yeah. I was never like um there was so much politics going on in community theater, like a mm-hmm. lot of politics. Mm-hmm. Like it made me, it convinced me I did not want to do acting. I was yeah. like, I can't, I it's can't, like that's not for more me. more politics than the Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah. It is oh, nuts. It is this like, is true. I don't know if it was always, but the musical director was either a voice teacher or uh, was married to a voice teacher. Okay. And you yes. had to be a student oh. of one of those people mm-hmm. to get in. And then also like, there was always somebody's parent volunteering to yeah, do set design. Dude, and so yeah. they had to be a lead. Uh-huh. Like, all these kids had to be leads first. And yeah. then it was like, oh, you can, oh, you you have such a soprano voice. You could be the principal. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> she doesn't fucking sing. And they're like, yeah, but you could do like a oh, blah, 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 kind of voice. And it's like, all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I fucking will. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> so you killed it. You made everyone laugh. I pretended you to be drunk show. in that scene. Oh, hell, hell yeah. yeah. And then it was like, they were like, stop doing it. And I was like, okay. And then I did it. But I was like, oh, I'm like funny. I get, I get laughs. So then, uh, you know, community theater is only like, I think, two weekends. Yeah. Right. Right. So every show I just did it drunker and drunker. And like <laughs> that scene went on for forever by the end of it. Because I just, I was like, yeah, laugh at me. and then i learned something called editing later (laughs) editing does not exist in community theater though so it's fine (laughs) i've never seen a well-edited community theater production that's true that's true (laughs) (laughs) and there were always community theaters where the the producer or like the person who organized it only started organizing it so their daughter could star in mm. shit. Oh, oh yeah. We had like mm-hmm. our whole theater had like a board and the board like my mom tried to get a position on the board so my sisters and I could <gasps> get parts and I was like 
I looked at her. I was like, it's crazy that you think you have to do that. And she's like, no, I do have to do that. And I was like, well, that's worse. My parents were not stage parents. No. No. They were just happy that, like, it yeah. occupied my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were, were you, were you like a good kid? No. No. <laughs> were you like getting in tr- trouble, skipping school? Yeah. Um, I, uh, well in, in middle school, I would just like roam the hallway and cause there wasn't anywhere to go. Okay. So I would just like walk around the hallway to skip class and they'd be like, where are you supposed to be? And I'd be like, Oh, I left my wallet in the cafeteria. I'm looking for it. And no. I would just do that for like hours. Just <laughs> to do that. Where at some point I might as well just have sat in the class and just slept. Like right. <laughs> that's all I wanted to do anyway. Oh my God. Dude, that's wild to me. You strike me as a very good student. Maybe it's the glasses. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I never got, held back so okay. I, I oh, think i okay. was a smart kid i right. just was an asshole so like you just gotcha. you. did you I, like hate school or i i there were some classes that i liked okay. but for the most part i would get kicked out of class five minutes in because i would show up like five to ten minutes late and i would come in loudly and i'd like <laughs> slam my book bag down and i'd be like Ugh, and they'd be like just like hurry and I'd be like sorry okay and they'd be like open your oh books God. to page whatever and I'd be like cool cool hey did you bring your book can I sit with you or like hey psst, do you have a pen do you have a pen I could borrow anybody got a pen and then I'd be like thanks and then I'd be like okay anybody got paper and so by that point it just the teacher would be like uh, there was a certain point where if I walked in late, the teacher would just be like, just go to the office. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say, like, I remember the Stephanie Streisands of my class. Yes. And I was always so jealous of them because that's how I felt about authority inside and about a lot of my classes inside. But I was scared shitless as a child of teachers. And so, you know, just good, good soldier head down, like do your work. Yeah. But I would always be like, that person's got it figured out. They are not afraid of anything. It takes a lot of ADD and anger. Because it's like, I just remember getting angry and like, fourth grade because it was oh like gosh. if you do this amount of homework in a row yeah. you get like a free homework pass and I would try always try but I could never do my homework because I would be like sent to my room in 10 like not even a minute later you'd hear like <laughs> coming from upstairs and my parents would be like stop dancing <laughs> so I just but ne- you needed to dance right yeah. and then it would be like you don't get the homework pass it's like but I did four of them uh, right oh my god and then it, it was just like well fuck it then I'm never gonna do it I don't care anymore I don't care anymore <laughs> um, uh, oh, I, actually, I hate that our education system does that to yeah. kids that's bullshit that is bullshit yeah you grew you grew yeah. out of it though right yeah, I know. I you know, I think the way it's channeled now is um, when when uh, at least when I was in New York, especially when I was passed over for things. Because when I I did comedy theater in New York, it was one wom- woman per team, mm-hmm. and so Oof. it was uh, when you went to audition to be on a team, you weren't like, oh, I'm. I'm competing against everybody. It was just, you just clocked who the women were. Right. Because that's the only people that you were competing against. And then you would get passed over for whatever reasons. And at a certain point, like, it, I think that 
fuck you energy went towards that where it was like well fuck you i'll just write a fucking show how about that yeah yeah um so i think it helped me stay in a like it helped me not listen it helped me to them and it helped me just have this like total i would say most of my creativity comes from rage where i just am like fuck you all i'll show you i'll fucking do the work and like Oh, hell eat, yeah. Eat my shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you like. And then, you know, 10% of it is like, oh, it'd be like really fun and silly. To do <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm fun at parties. No. <laughs> uh, so, but you clearly have like, like developed tools to sort of like manage like focus, right? And, or because, well, okay, so you're laughing because I'm curious because you have sold, you know, you've sold a show. You like are, you get work done. Yes. You get it done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, is it different because it's work you want to do or like what, like, or did you like kind of learn how to sort of manage that? Or I think there's, um, I, I had a, uh, one of my friends recently, um, got like wanted to carpool and, uh, with me and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll pick you up. And he got in my car and he was like, oh, I get you now. Cause my car is like, a garbage can my my place doesn't have shit in it it's just like like my car is dirty yeah it's got like papers on the floor it always has like one empty bottle of like like a pull and spring bottle or whatever like a water bottle not like one empty one (laughs) but always one empty bottle of jack just rolling around the back seat i'm a writer (laughs) a lot of things tend to go to the wayside when i'm when i'm writing so it's like Mm. when I go and I after like doing a whole lot of writing when I look around I'm like oh shit I haven't done laundry in like three weeks okay there's a lot of that that goes on yeah Um, do you forget to eat uh I wish (laughs) sometimes (laughs) I'm always fascinated by people who tell me they forget to eat when they're busy no I don't get those people okay yeah (laughs) I love food I'm I, fucking hungry, man. I can't focus if I guess, I'm hungry. I guess I could mm-hmm. forget to eat if I was good at cooking, but I'm not mm, good at cooking, so right. I'm never going to cook. So it's always like things that I can microwave Just real like, fast yeah, or like, yeah. Yum, yum, yum. yeah, or like eat out of a can because I, sure. I'm a troll woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you eat directly out of the can? Campbell's chicken soup. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh. I eat soup out of the can without eating it, heating That's it up. That's what I do. Okay. I oh. do that too. Oh my God. Hell yeah. Mine's minestrone. I like progressive minestrone, but I will oh. eat that without eating, heating it up. I, I developed that habit because I, I don't know how I got this job in new york but i was like i need to make ends meet and i got a job as a robotics teacher and I, oh whoa. i'm doing that right now i learned on the oh. job did you learn on the job oh yeah i don't <laughs> know how robotics work yeah that's what happened i still am only god put this thing in this thing and i was teaching i was teaching eighth graders how oh my to god. do robotics going like can't wait to teach you and like always like 30 minutes before the class i'd be like okay what am i teaching today <laughs> how does this work okay, okay is that okay. how all teachers are i don't know so no they can't be no. I, that's how me a person who's not a teacher who somehow got a teaching job sure teacher. yeah sure, but sure, you're sure. but you're like you're like a like quick you're a quick you're like a fox i'm a i'm a I think from doing like community, I went to a performing arts high school after getting mm. kicked out of my regular high school. And I think that um, uh, uh, 
doing the homework assignments for that were always like, oh, do a monologue. And I, I would do it. I would learn it on the bus ride there. And mm-hmm. I would do the monologue and then I would forget it like 30 minutes later. So I think yeah. I, I think I apply yeah. that to teaching robotics where I'm like, oh, got it. And yes. then it's like, here we go. I'm teaching it. And then if you ask me a week later, I have no idea. How <laughs> no, no. <laughs> They're like, hey, do you remember what we did last week? No, I don't. Uh, uh-uh. Yes. One second. <laughs> no. I just have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Uh, oh so okay so you got kicked out of your high school was it like a dramatic get kicked out or you just like oh um it was uh totally my fault and uh so in my high school if you skipped amount a certain amount of classes they would put out like um if you like a picture and a name like a sheet of pictures and names and it's like if you see this kid walking in the hallway send them directly to in-school suspension Whoa, what the <gasps> what the hell so but uh in order to hang outside everybody hung out if you were cutting class they hung out at the at the handball courts okay which is like why would you have handball courts like it was just one handball court and it's why would you have that unless you wanted kids to, to give the kids <laughs> like a place to cut class and there were bleachers there and it was um and it was like oh if you want to hang out here you have to you have to uh be initiated in kind of thing but you got to choose how you wanted to be initiated okay so most kids just brought in weed to share okay or like a bottle of alcohol to share or something like that and I didn't totally understand that or know that Uh um and also i didn't Mm -hmm. have access to drugs i didn't know where to get them i didn't Mm -hmm. start doing any of that until i I was much older Um, yeah i started doing edibles in uh during the pandemic that's how long (laughs) you had not done weed before that never 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 oh Oh, no no i take that back i ate i ate one pot cookie once and i was like hey i know i just ate a pot cookie a little while ago but also i think i have symptoms of a brain aneurysm and i need to be taken to the hospital right now i think it's just like a coincidence (laughs) this is not me being too high this is definitely an aneurysm yeah hey i understand I definitely have symptoms of being high, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also if I, I don't get this aneurysm checked out, I might die. Yes. <laughs> and the only way my friends could get me to stop was they, they put me to bed and one of them was like, I promise if you die of an aneurysm, I will tell everyone you were right. And I was like, do you promise? <laughs> I was kicked out of school because I decided my initiation should be um, to climb up onto the awning and then from the awning climb up to the roof and throw all the handballs down that were lost on the roof at at the principal. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I was, and everybody was just like, "Uh, you don't need to do that. And I was like, no, I got to be initiated, right? And they're like, uh, yeah, but like most people just bring weed. And I was like, well, I don't have that. So like, this is how I'll be initiated. Oh my God. Like, oh, this kid's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, let's let it, let's see where this goes. I was goes. just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. So I got kicked out and then, Damn. um, but I luckily, so there was a school for, for bad kids 
But that same company that ran that, or same organization that ran that school, also ran a trade school and also ran a performing arts school. So oh. I was I was like, oh, I'll audition for this performing arts school to try to get out of going to this school. Yeah. Oh. And, and I got in. And it was the Fuck best yeah. thing that happened. Because yeah. there were like seven full day kids. So I had a, like, uh, most of my academics were all by myself. Wow. Yeah. Wait, wait, say that again? There, uh, it was like a half day program okay. for kids. So they'd go there and then they'd go back to their public schools or they'd go to their public schools and then go there for the second half of the day. Mm -hmm. But the, the amount of kids that went full day were like 10 oh. of all different grades. And because I went in ninth grade, I was the only ninth grader. So all my academics were by myself. Yeah, oh. you were. Then you had like one-on-one -on -one instruction. Yeah. Wow. Oh, cool. It was, it was the best thing that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I yeah. got very lucky, and also because it was one-on-one, -on -one, they they would just do stuff with me in class, and they'd be like, "You don't have homework. You you know how to because we're working one-on-one." -on -one. Yeah. So um, that helped me a whole lot. Oh. Homework is like something I just did not. Do. Yeah. 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 Ditto. I'd always do mine like uh, in the class before the class I was due. Um, oh, yeah. Damn. You're like really smart. <laughs> it was like, it'd be weird. Like, uh, I couldn't, you know, hold it together, but I would test well and stuff. And, yeah. But then, like, I can't, I'm not paying attention in class. I literally have no idea what the teacher is saying. Um, yeah. But then I, had like a photographic memory at the time Whoa. with reading so it would be like oh this is great <laughs> then it was like oh learning later having adhd it was like oh this makes so much sense like that's I, I feel like the same thing with you where like you're obviously like very smart and you're very quick and you know you can learn things really quickly maybe not retain that but that's like the right. adhd it's like yeah your yeah. adrenaline i can't tell you like, almost everything i learned <laughs> in forensic psychology and I went for years oh my gosh oh, is that what your degree is in yeah I thought because I was really good at solving murder mysteries <laughs> uh growing up that I I was like oh I'm gonna be like a singer or a homicide detective because I'm really good at solving mysteries and while I was going to college and everything I was also going I was doing comedy and there was at some well at some point after also looking at what the salary is for a criminologist i was like oh i'm good at solving mysteries because i get structure i get story mm, structure plot. yeah oh so um looking back i'm like oh i should have maybe always been a writer but i just didn't realize it but I'm like, oh, well, why would they introduce this in the first, like, five minutes if it doesn't matter? Yeah, totally. Whoa. Yeah. I feel similarly. I love, like, plot structure. Yeah. 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 I, did you grow up watching a lot of TV? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like it's in my brain, right? Like, yes. when I started taking sketch mm -hmm. classes, I was like, oh, I, get, I understand this, like, mm -hmm. intrinsically. Yeah. And it, or, like, when I started, took my first pilot writing class, I was like, oh, yeah, no, say no more. Yeah. You know, I feel like you just, like, you, like, you just learn it. And you're like, I just, I understand. And, I and, of and it's free. Yeah. Once you learn stru uh, the structure, the mathematical equation, then you're like, oh, now I can put my voice on top of it. Totally. Yes. Yes. I could put my voice and humor on top of it, and it hits everything but it's like 
unquestionably me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um, pitch for you. You should create a singing criminologist character <laughs> slash TV show because that's mm-hmm. the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> when you were like, I'm either going to be a singer or a criminologist. I'm like, or both. Yeah. <laughs> Please be both. Yes. I love I, that. I think I've never seen it, but I know Robert Downey Jr. was in something called The Singing Detective. Oh. Because whenever I would tell okay. people, like, I want to be this or that, they'd be like, oh, so you want to be Robert Downey Jr. And I just, oh. I still have never gotten around to watching it, so I don't yeah. know what it is. Okay. I, so I'd just be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so maybe a spinoff. Yeah, okay. a spinoff. If like that's a what it CSI is. Yeah, do parody, it. But like singing. <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, if anyone can do it, it's going to be you. Fine. Hell yeah. Do it, 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 do it. That's do the it, number one it. thing my parents call me about. Well, they'll call me about one of two things. They're, they'll be like, uh, if, if I had a meeting or something, they'll be like, did you tell them you could sing? <laughs> That's my dad every time. Do they know you can sing? Oh my God. And I'm like, it didn't come up in this writing interview. <laughs> and then the other one, my mom will call me and be like, when are you going to write your own murder mystery? And I'm oh like, I'm gosh. not. It's <laughs> not my genre. Why do you... Uh, my dad would always be like, why don't you, because I studied creative writing in school. I wanted to be a novelist. My dad was like, why don't you write like Stephen King? I was like, because Stephen King writes like Stephen King. <laughs> Somebody's already doing that. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. My, my, dad would, uh, my dad would say, why don't you kill yourself? Oh, <laughs> no. Boo, Nikki's dad. We just realized why Nikki's hilarious. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <laughs> the source of the humor. I don't trust people who are funny who never went through trauma. Yeah, right? that's true. Because well, yeah, it's yeah. like comedy is such a coping skill. Oh yeah, that it's like, well, you didn't practice it enough. Mm, how do you? Like, how yeah. are you good at it if you weren't forced to practice being funny to get through totally. horrible shit? You know who I don't trust? People who went through trauma trauma who aren't funny oh yeah well but their coping skill is usually like maybe healthy (laughs) or i I feel like our coping skill is healthy yeah i I mean it takes us a while to maybe like face it but like little by little we let it out with like a joke yeah Yeah. i feel like maybe it takes us longer to get through it but at least we get to laugh along the way (laughs) like facing it right if you're joking about it right you're facing it yes right yeah Yeah, Yeah. you're facing about it and then being like a joke yeah (laughs) you're you're taking the power away from it yeah that's i like to think that sometimes when you can make when you can laugh about something you can take the power away yeah yeah it's like uh it no what's what's the one where they laugh at it and it starts to oh i I think maybe it it's been a while but it was like as long as you're not scared it it becomes smaller yeah oh wait or wait was that one uh if we have an orgy it'll it'll go away it's the orgy it's the orgy if we have a child orgy yeah yeah the child makes all the boys and adults oh my god (sighs) so weird but stephen king has gone on record saying that he was doing a lot of cocaine yeah yeah that makes sense do you know this about the, the the book it 
I don't know this about the book, but I'm reading, I'm listening to Stephen King's On Writing right now, yeah. which oh. is fabulous. It's a mm-hmm. fabulous book about writing. Um, but yeah, I just got to the part where he talks about how much, co- like when people would come up to him and ask him questions about stories he wrote and he'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I was on a lot of fucking drugs when I wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, man. I unfortunately, I never got, I've never tried Coke. But I did shrimps once. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. 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 How did you like that? It was great, but I did what I would have done anyway, which is I watched uh, The Amazing World of Gumball. And I was like, this is hilarious. It's still also hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious before. It's hilarious now. <laughs> I love that you're you're probably the chillest person to do drugs with, like on the planet. <laughs> I imagine like everyone else is just like, whoa, and you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go watch some cartoons, guys. <laughs> Let's yeah. be responsible shrimp takers and watch <laughs> some cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, Dev. Mm, this uh, is a this is great. Uh, we're having this conversation when you very much work in animation, um, which is my segue yeah. into talking about working in animation and uh how is it different from live and then of course uh i believe you have a rant oh of- i'm sure i do <laughs> <laughs> um there's no difference in writing for animation uh versus live action so it's it's still like the same type of room you're still are going like we need to get uh, this episode should be like about this from the showrunner or you have the showrunner that's already created a whole arc for the season. So it's like this is the episode where this has to happen and this is the episode where this has to happen. So, you know, uh, we all pitch on what the episode could be and then we yes and the pitches and uh, we develop an episode together and then somebody is assigned to write the episode up. Um, that's how it is in live action. That's how it is in, in animation. Um, but, uh, you know, what's great is you could do a little bit more in animation than you can in live action. Like if you're like, oh, I want, uh, talking trees, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about the budget. Right. Yeah. Talking tree, like what well, that would be like CGI, which is still animation for yeah. live action. <laughs> but, um, in animation, it's like, yeah, we could put a mouth on a tree and make it talk. <laughs> like it's just, um, you can do a lot more yeah the possibilities yeah yeah so greater the possibilities are greater i mean uh you only have like a certain amount of backgrounds you're allowed to do because Mm -hmm. you don't want the background artists to like because there's not enough money to pay the background artists and the background artists are already working overtime so they only have so many backgrounds that they can make Mm -hmm. but at the same time you're like oh i want this background i want one of our main backgrounds to be in space with like a carnival and and it's like okay that's one of the crazy ass backgrounds where in live action if you wanted that it would be like that's like an insane amount of budget. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right the time so cgi like, that requires is just like bonkers yeah, yeah so you could do like something fantastical where you can't really do that in live action yeah you can do more like you can have your characters be electrocuted or, or squashed or whatever mm-hmm. you can have a lot more happen to your characters yeah. in yeah. certain ways that you can't in live action so there's but there's there's stuff that you can do in live action that you can't do in animation so it, it kind of like levels out and but it's still the same and um 
I like writing for animation because my style of comedy is usually found in animation more mm. so than live action. I was very lucky with the detour because the detour is is a lot of slapstick and a yeah. lot of physical comedy. So I had a blast on that. But those shows are few and far in between, unfortunately. Yeah. And the detour is like done now, right? Yeah. The yeah. detour is done. Yeah. Um, I, did you enjoy working on that? Oh, I loved working on that. I learned a lot working on that. Really? Yeah. There were only uh, a to- one, two, three. There were only five writers. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you guys have uh, writer's assistants? Or? We had one writer's you assistant. You had one writer's assistant. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So it's like Damn. a small room. Yeah, it was a small room. And she, she got a script and she's, she's a great writer. So she's she's now a writer writer. Now. Oh, yeah. awesome. I don't know why I said writer writer. She's now <laughs> she's now just a writer instead of yeah, a, writer's a writer's assistant, assistant yeah. and a writer at the same time. Right, of yeah. course, because every writer's assistant is also a writer yeah. most of the time. Oh, yeah, almost. Always. I mean, there are the writer's assistants who do want to uh, develop. Oh, which right. is it's, so it's sure. another way to get on that track as right, well. Right. Um, and, but either way, it's like um, and writer's assistant is one way to become a writer, but like. It's not the only way to become a professional writer. Mm-hmm. If it was, I would yeah. never be a writer. I was going to say, did you ever have a writer's assistant job? I was fired real fast. <gasps> no oh, way. I'm the worst. I don't take notes. Oh. <laughs> I, I was like, I got to do what? I have to, one, pay attention and oh. two, take notes yeah, like, like, that aren't shorthand that only I understand. I was, uh, oh I did not my last gosh, long. Dude, that is so funny. You're oh. like, oh, so I got kicked out of school, but yeah, this seems. <laughs> <laughs> Writer's assistant is for like an organized human being. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna, I was because this is gonna come out on Wednesday. I was wondering if you wanted to plug the um, rally that oh, yeah. you're organizing. Um, I'm not, I'm not. You're, or that you're a part of. I'm a part of. You're a part of, okay. Um, there are way more organized, <laughs> smarter <laughs> human beings in my I'm like, this rally that you, the organizer, are clearly organizing. <laughs> they just tell me when to show up and I'll show up. They, they. Uh, and make some t-shirts. They're so, um, uh, I, I, I think, you know, the, uh, there are, a couple of good things that have come out of being forced to be isolated in our mm. in our homes for a long period of time. And one of those silver line, one of the good things that have come out for, I think, all unions across the board is that it's easier to attend union meetings because they're oh. not in physical locations. Oh. So it's been a lot easier for unions to organize during this time. And the Animation Guild, which is uh, part of IATSE, Local 839, um, has become very, very strong and very organized over this time. And so uh, we're negotiating right now for better pay for writers and and artists and uh, more time and more budget for the cartoons. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And also... Uh, I mean, they, uh, I don't know how in detail you want me to get into, but, um, but there's a lot of bullshit going on um, where animation is uh, like just the writers alone in animation, animation writers are paid less than a third of what live action writers are paid. Wow. Oh my God, dude. And, And animation writers don't get residuals. 
What? And, and so it's like a one time. It's a one time payment and they don't get script fees. What? Okay, so script fees are like editing or So so if I'm on a show on my second year. So the first time you're a staff writer, you don't usually get a script fee okay. in live action, but the following year, uh when you're bumped up to story editor or I mean just the next year let's say you're not bumped up for some reason, um you get paid your weekly salary and then when you're assigned a script to write up you get paid an additional like twenty eight thousand oh. dollars for for the script that you're writing. Got it. Because it's okay. like they see it as you know your job is coming in and pitching and like fleshing out story and stuff, but to write the script is is a job it's on top of it because you're juggling both. Okay, gotcha. So you get paid a a one time script fee on okay. top of that, and then you get residuals for that show. And animation writers do not get any of that. Yeah. Animation wow. writers wow. only get paid their salary fee while they're working on the show. And um, and because of that, like uh, shows that you probably really love uh, who that have been on forever, like uh, SpongeBob, for instance, those writers, some of those writers drive lifts in between because they can't afford stuff for their family. Holy Damn. shit. It's bad. Uh Somebody did the math, and after you pay your reps and everything, you only get paid eighteen fifty an hour to be a writer on a wow. show. Damn. Because animation while, while writers, of course, still it. need reps. Like it's not yeah. like they don't need reps, right. and they don't have agents to pay, and lawyers yeah. and all that. Right. And then also taxes treats it like you always get paid that, even though you're, you're probably working for like three months. This oh is a super God, right. skilled and competitive job that is making three, you know, often three dollars over minimum wage. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that people and you know that people work really hard to yes. get these jobs think about it. it's not just like you know the work that you're doing at that time it's like all the years of work and mm -hmm. training and studying you put in to like getting to a place where you can get staffed on a show mm -hmm. like right it's like an investment in yourself and then to still be like yeah that's worth um just over minimum wage to us is yeah and it's hard because they, people always tell you look at your own paper only mm -hmm. but when it comes to payment like I've written on seven seasons of television I god might, damn girl get it sorry right I just, like, <laughs> settled in really quick like fuck yeah dude that's so a I, lot of it's a yes. lot of seasons of television yeah. but when I look to my left um I'll a writer who's worked in live action on only three seasons of television owns their own house. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how am I going to make rent for the entire year? Right. Mm -hmm. so, so I feel like it, like from afar, it's like, oh, you did it. You made it. It's like, yes, but I can't afford to have a family if I wanted one. Right. Right. So, which is just, it's like bonkers. bonkers. So hopefully the at. negotiations will go really well. Yeah. yeah. But also if you're interested in animation, don't let that bother you. Cause we are, fighting for better pay mm -hmm. so it will get better so don't be like oh that pays less than like my part-time job now for, like don't look at it like that like yeah. yeah it's also like a very everybody who works in animation is extremely passionate mm -hmm. because that's how they've been able to take advantage of us all. <laughs> right because you have to be oh to like get into yeah <laughs> but well, i i will say like um so we're in negotiations right now with the AMPTP, mm -hmm. which are the producers, who, uh, the heads of studios who decide what everything gets paid. And the lawyers and, and the AMPTP assumed it was only going to be three days of negotiation. Holy shit. And we're in our fourth month of negotiation. Wow. So 
things are going to get better. Yeah. Uh, so, so if you're passionate about animation, come join us because everybody who's working in this field is passionate. It's an awesome community. Tell oh, tell yeah. us again uh, when uh, when um, is the rally? It's Sunday, March twentieth at eleven a.m. Okay. is when okay. it starts, and two p.m. is when the speakers happen. Okay, sweet. And we're trying to make it a positive rally. Um, okay. But I was told I could have a sign that said, fuck you, pay me on it. So like, hell yeah. So that's like the most negative you can go, I guess. Okay. Um, Where is it at? Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a it's at the IATSE Local 80. Okay. Which is 2520 West Olive Avenue in Burbank. Oh, oh. right on. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. And you'll meet like a bunch of passionate people. Um, if you love animation, you'll meet some of your uh, like writing heroes there Ooh. if you really love animation wow. they will be really excited to meet you because they it's it's a small very passionate community yeah that it's, makes sense but it's not too small you can join anybody <laughs> like if you love animation please pursue it okay uh, awesome I, yeah thank you for your for that uh that tip uh now we um and thank you for sharing what you're what's going on what the experience is because i think it's really important for people to know like what the reality is and you know we should all be more open and honest about the industry but now we're going to move on to a section we call these are five things all right we've got five questions to ask you we ask all of our guests and the first question is what is your biggest influence in comedy one of my biggest Influences in comedy is probably um, uh, Carl Reiner. Oh. <laughs> I really love Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner wrote, uh, wrote and created the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, and he yeah. directed The Jerk and oh, yeah. a bunch of yeah. stuff like that. Um, and I, I like, uh, I'm a fan of Mel Brooks also. And then, yeah, Carol Burnett's a big influence. Lucille mm -hmm. Ball's a big influence. Gracie Allen's a big influence. Mm -hmm. um, so cl the classics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's all, Sophie Tucker's a big influence. It's like mm -hmm. uh, Moms Mabley. It's just women that were able to just like punch their way through. And yeah. then it was like, here I am. Worst experience in comedy, best experience in comedy. Best experience in comedy was working on The Mighty Ones. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Writing on that was the best experience because uh, Sunil Hall and Lynn Naylor uh, were the showrunners. And they really, they like went around recruiters. Uh, they went looking for like the best people for the job. And there were no egos. Everybody trusted everyone. And it was extremely collaborative. Um, the writers, uh, we were trusted and like, we would pitch and they'd be like, we trust you, write it, write it up. And then we'd hand it over to the storyboard artists who, and then it was like, it's not mine anymore. It's yours. And they would add jokes or visuals or what, whatever they wanted to do. It was always right. <laughs> they always did the yeah. right thing. Yeah. And the directors were there making it what it was. And every step of the way, it just got better and better. And it's the only job I've ever had where people genuinely all liked each other. Oh, wow. That's not Which dang. was also pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> what a treat. Uh, yeah. It sounds like that should be less rare, but right. yeah. Everybody was trusted to do their jobs. Nobody was micromanaging. Uh, there are jobs I've had where people are like, this is my chance to prove myself or whatever. And because of that, they just 
don't trust anybody around them right. and it becomes toxic that way. Yeah. Or you have one person who doesn't know what their role is and they think their role is bigger than it is and that can make the workplace toxic. Yeah. So there's uh, there's a whole bunch of elements that can happen and that was like, uh, that was maybe, uh, that was the best experience. I wish that show could continue. We all met up recently actually and uh, uh, we were talking about how the studio system was awful in back in the day, but yeah. we also wish it was around because then they'd be like, you all work so well together. All of you are now on this new show. Right, like, yeah. Because uh, we as the studio have like lumped you as a writing Yeah, kind of as like a together. big old team, and now you're going yeah, on this. Right. Yeah, interesting. So, um, and also we'd be consistently working. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that'd be nice, right? It's crazy. I feel like the worst parts of the studio system came back, you know, like yeah. and that it's like four people own everything again. But like all the things that were helpful to the creators at the time mm -hmm. uh, did not come back. Come back. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's uh, that. And then the worst experience I had was, uh, I mean, I said I, I was fired. I was a bad writer's assistant but it was also a negative experience in that it was all male writers mm -hmm. uh but they were egotistical yeah um and entitled mm -hmm. um except for the the showrunner who was just like very very busy yeah but it was um it was uh, like they would constantly complain that they that men couldn't get jobs anymore uh-huh and that they were giving it to women mm -hmm. and like <laughs> and i was sitting there as the writer's assistant in a room where they were all writers wow just going like cool and there one of the writers was allowed for some reason after lunch every day to take off his pants no stop for some reason, like he was like, oh, I ate too much, and he would just take off his pants, like his bo in his, sitting yeah, in his he, boxers, yeah, yeah. Or, everyone... or or sometimes he would keep the pants on, and it would just be unbuttoned, and you could see like no. the boxers, and, and it was just like everybody allowed it. It was totally fine, and it was like, what is going on? And then there was another guy who was on like a t ketosis diet thing, oh, and God. would prick his finger at the table like every hour and like bleed all the time. And I sit in the wow. room going. I can't imagine a, a woman or a man of color being allowed to do anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, my God, dude. And get away and not be like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude, what the hell? But I was younger then. I feel like now I would just be like, like, I would laugh at them. And yeah. Be, and just yeah. make it like, oh, my God, are you seriously doing that? But at the time, I was like, oh, this is my chance. Maybe I could become a writer this way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you just, like, keep your head down. But, I mean. No. Yeah. No. It's bananas. Um, but uh, the detour was also a really good experience, too. Nice. Um, yes. I learned so much from the detour and the Mighty Ones in how to run a room and run a show. And yeah. make everybody feel feel valuable mm -hmm. and also trust everybody to do their job yeah hell yeah all right well uh next question is uh hype up a friend maybe somebody that you'd like to see us interview perhaps oh okay you can hype up multiple people Ooh. <laughs> um i'm uh jessica combs okay yeah she went up through comedy theaters um but she's also like way smarter than I am. <laughs> she like, I, I just feel like 
I wish somebody took me aside and went, a comedy theater is not your only way in. Yeah. Because I spent 10 years mm-hmm. at a comedy theater thinking it was my way in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I just like removed myself and went to the right, I, I almost and like worked really hard on a different path. I got where I wanted to be. Yeah. And I just wish somebody just like snaped my head you know what I mean from Harry Potter just like moved it to the (laughs) but those those years of the comedy theaters did give you consistent experience that like gave you the stamina to have a successful career so it's definitely like not worth nothing to do it but it is like right. but i go like i wonder if i would have gotten somewhere faster right like yeah if i i feel that yeah like if i could have babysat a little bit less yeah <laughs> yeah or just like had more confidence in myself sooner <laughs> if i weren't paying for so many sketch classes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um okay yeah I, I, but Jessica Combs, definitely. Jessica Combs. Jessica yeah. Combs, sweet. Very yeah. smart. Okay, talented. Uh, love a smart, talented lady. Okay. Uh, what, um, oh my gosh. Okay, so you have done like a ton. You've sold a show. You've written on multiple shows, li- animation, live action. What is something that you haven't done yet in your career that you're like, this is, I want to, this is like what I want to do next? Or, um, I, I would one day like to show run a show I created. Hell yeah. Right on. I'm not looking to do it tomorrow. <laughs> um, but it, it's like a, a definite goal of mine. I think, uh, I think it would be a blast to work on something like that I don't know I don't know how to make it sound like not egotistical no oh my god but I my a a dream goal of mine is to show run a show I created fuck yeah yeah. you will have the show in mind and just be surrounded by like all the awesome people I've worked with and then meet more awesome people uh that work with me and get to like bring in all new people yeah yeah Yeah. just like really make something that hopefully people cosplay as uh (laughs) yeah Hell yeah. Just something that brings somebody so much joy that like one person dresses up like them for Fuck Halloween. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh my God. That is a goal that's, that like, yes. that's like a very specific, but such an admirable, like I understand that goal. And like, that's, I love that intention. That's such a beautiful intention. Just, Just like that's fun. Yeah. That's something, yeah. something that somebody loves so much that they're like, I want to dress up as that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah (laughs) oh that's great all right and final question uh give us some advice maybe advice for some people just starting out in comedy or in the middle of doing comedy what have you learned um i've said it a couple of times uh in this podcast already uh there's no one way to get to where you want to be if a way is not working after a certain amount of time, it's okay to step back from that thing, look at a different thing that you could try, or you can try multiple things at once and see which one sticks, which which one is where you want to go. Another thing I would say is believe in yourself because you're pursuing this because you are you like it for a reason. You're good at it. So believe that you can do it and stop telling yourself why you shouldn't or why you can't or why 
you shouldn't be considered for things. You should be considered for them because you're good at them. Keep on rambling. But one advice I have that really has helped me Mm -hmm. is a friend of mine years ago uh, in 2012, almost 10 years ago, he he started um, a thing where on New Year's Day, people would get together and say what their goals were. Mm -hmm. And then at that meeting, we would all talk about the the little steps you need to take to get to that big goal. Yeah. And so by the end of like meeting with your friends, you knew what you were doing like the first month or even like week to week. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that's really helped me. Um, is doing that. Yeah. Hell yeah. And even though it's not the new year, you could, you can like really take that time to sit down, be like, what are my big goals and dreams? And what are the little steps, stepping stones to getting there that I can pursue each week? Yeah, that's great. That's all very good advice. Thank you so much. Um, Well, Stephanie, it was so great to have you on. It was so great to talk to you. You are so um, insightful and also, I don't know, we just really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about your experiences. Uh, you are exciting. We can't say, wait to see whatever. Your your experience is so valuable to learn from. You've done so much. You've accomplished so much and mm-hmm. it's just very, Fuck it's yeah. very there, cool to get to talk to you. There are so many ways to get to where you want to be in this industry and you can get there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Usually, okay, I'm going to let you all behind the scenes. Usually, we have our guests come, we record the interview, Mm -hmm. and then after the fact, Nikki and I do our intro conversation. Uh, This is the first time we actually did the intro before Before. uh, when we were waiting for Stephanie to arrive. And I just love the way that worked out. Yeah, right? That she like walked in the middle of our conversation. We got to pick the conversation up where we left off and then like get perfect. into the interview. Hell yeah. Oh, and it was a great interview. Oh my gosh. Super dude. helpful. Did she, I mean, cause she's fucking like, she book, like she works. Like yeah. girl is like, she, man, she has a career to, uh, to respect. Yes, you know? for sure. Like, oh, hell yeah. Thank you, Stephanie. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. But what else is great? The period podcast network, which were, uh, we just had our fundraiser. Yeah. Uh, thank you for everyone who participated, joined, watched, like we really appreciate and mm-hmm. all the donations that we got. It's freaking awesome. So good. Ooh, next up on the docket is we're still working on our name change mm-hmm. um, and we'll be registering as soon as an LLC and then eventually whoop, a whoop. co-op. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I think we are moving, uh, at least for now, to bi-weekly for our episodes. Yes. Because times is busy and there's a lot of work. And, you know, maybe if you gave us more money. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we will. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, we are moving. This particular podcast is going to be going bi-weekly for the time being. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do have some changes in the works and we're going to start implementing those changes uh, coming up here in the next few months. And we'll sort of see how the scheduling shakes out at that point. Yeah. A lot of changes, a lot of changes in the world. But you know what? You're great. Thanks for listening. And, uh... Keep crushing it. Comedy Girl Crush was created by Nikki Urban, is edited by Kate Siegel, is produced by Kate Siegel, Mackenzie Mazel, and the Period Podcast Network. Our music is by Rena Hunter, and our artwork is by Ariel Alter. And that's on Period Network. <laughs>